0: This is Parsha Panorama. This week's Parsha is Parshas Nitzavim. And typically, most years, I would say that Nitzavim is paired with Vayelech. not so this year, which does not only make things easier on being Maver Sedrish and I make Rebecha Targum, but it also makes things easier when it comes to Parsha Panorama. This is not going to be a long Parsha Panorama. We're going to get right to the point, and we'll address maybe one major question that appears in this Parsha. But it's a very small Parsha. It's a very contained parsha, and Ras Hashem we will cover everything inside it. So, Parshas Nitzavim is finding us right after the Tochah, and there are several possible connections between Nitzavim and the Tochah. There's at least one that Rashi offers. It's not Rashi's first shot on the explanation of the words "atem Nitzavim," but we did speak about it earlier this week in muster minutes. Um, but that said. Um, we are now looking at a new piece of the puzzle in Sefer Devarim. So Sefer Devarim, just to backtrack a little bit, we spoke about the history in Devarim, then we spoke about the future, the future meaning the future covenant that the Bnei Sera would eventually forge with Hashem when they would enter Eretz Yisrael. So Parshas A through Parshas Kiseva, was elaborating on the terms of that covenant, different aspects of the covenant, and now, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Now all of you are standing here today, and at this particular parsha, in this really contained parsha, one of the goals, as we always have, is to try to understand what the parsha is about, but also this particular piece. What exactly are we up to? Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, You're all here today. So what's the pashepshot of saying that? You're all here today. And the pashepshot of the fact that they are all here today is that. This is a formal way of setting the stage for the fact that they are going to enter a covenant, right? Similar to the dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. So the same concept here, uh, Lahavdil, that um, Moshe Rabbeinu is stating that all of you are here, no one is excluded, and therefore everyone is included. All of you are included in the covenant. Everything that we just spoke about, the Tochacha, the bris and arvos moav, that is all what you are included in and then eventually when you have that bursted harbon and hard grease and that will include all of you as well. So, that's what this parsha is essentially about and it's going to be a little bit of a cap of sorts. It's not the end of sefer Devarim, but it will be will be a a beginning or an introduction of sorts to the end of the Torah, so that um, so you, you you might think of Nitzavim, and right, Normally, when again when we have Nitzavim and Va'yelech together, so they are a pair. But Nitzavim kind of talks about I, I would guess the the end of um, or, or the the end of the covenant that we've been describing up until now, and Va'yelech is really the beginning of the end of the Torah. But right now, Nitzavim is kind of capping everything off. And we're gonna have some important words of encouragement at the end. But this parsha Parsha of them, I have separated into three basic parts. Well, part number one is the Knisala Briss, where Moshe Benu, in fact, says you are all standing here today. And we're going to talk about two aspects of this bris because I think there's something very important. You see from Moshe Benu's words, if you, you know, there's, there's nothing extra in the Torah. And if you look closely at what Moshe Benu describes, there are two important aspects of the briss that Moshe Benu is highlighting. Part number two of the Parsha, I'm going to title the Parsha of Teshuva. It's the parsha where Moshe Rabbeinu describes what is going to take place. That when this hochcha at some point in the future, when it takes place, so what eventually is going to happen, even though you are, you're going to go to Galas, but Hashem will eventually take you back to Shiva Adisham Lokha you're going to return to Hashem now i call this the parsha of chuva based on really the art scroll sitter where which is obviously based on an earlier source i don't have the source on me now but this parsha is known as the parsha of chuva and there's a little tefillah that goes with it you can read this parsha anytime you feel like you want to do tshuva for hashem you don't have to wait for the SRC made chuva you want to do tshuva for an aver that you've done so you can always um, open the sitter, find the parsha of tshuva, or open the chumash, find the parsha of tshuva. You can read it, and then there's a very powerful tzvila. I think it's the heerot but it's a very powerful tzvila that talks about how Hashem wants our Teshuva and um, and therefore Hashem is, is is extending a hand toward us. Now, there's a question here that we have to address because this idea of this parsha being about a parsha of tshuva, where um, where Hashem is describing that eventually there will be a tshuva process. So, this is um, I guess in part this was introduced by the Ramban, who explains that when the pasuk tells us famous pasuk that talks about how this mitzvah is not far away from you. It's something within your reach. It's something that you can do. You have access to it. So this mitzvah, what's kia mitzvah zos? The Ramban famously says this is a reference to the mitzvah of teshuva. However, there's an a Beferish Gemara in Erevin that says this is not referring to Teshuva, or it doesn't say it's not referring to Teshuvah, but it says it's referring to the Torah at large. And in fact, for this reason, several mefarshim the Maharsha on that Gemara in Erevin, Rashi on our Parsha, and the Rambam, also, all say that when it says Kiya Mitzvah Hazos, what's it referring to? What Mitzvah? It's referring to the entire Torah, right? Kia mitzvah zos doesn't need to be one mitzvah, one good deed, right? Mitzvah doesn't really mean good deed. Mitzvah means a commandment or a charge. And in this case, the charge that's being described is the Torah at large. So then where exactly does this parsha of teshuvah thing come from? And how does the Ramban go against the Beferesh Gemara and say... That this mitzvah is referring to a specific mitzvah of teshuva. So this is a question that we're going to have to come back to. I'll elaborate on the question again soon, but just keep that in mind. So we have this parsha of teshuva. So number one is the kenisa labris, and number two is the parsha of teshuva, and three is what I refer to as a pep talk. Obviously, it's not really, you know, when we're talking about the, the chumash, we're talking about the Musar of Moshe Rabbeinu and the hisaurus. It's not just a pep talk, but it's a, it's, it's Packed with important yisodos. Here's the place where Moshe Rabbeinu says that I'm placing today before you life and death, bracha and klala. And he says, if achar to you should choose life. And there's what to ask about this little section as well. Like, is that is isn't that obvious that you should choose life and not death? Isn't it obvious? So why would anyone choose death? Right? Uh, and Moshe Rabbeinu has to go ahead and say, V'chartam HaChayim, you should choose life. So why exactly does Moshe Rabbeinu do that? So we'll come back to that as well. So let's return to the beginning of the Parsha. We, um, I referenced earlier that we're going to talk about two aspects of the bris. So what am I referring to? So two aspects that I think, if you look closely, Moshe is highlighting, we have individual accountability versus communal responsibility. Right, We said it last week in Parshat Kisavo, and I said we would come back to it in Yitzavim, and to fulfill my promise, here we go. One, thing, one of the things I mentioned is that the Gemara says about this bris, this tocha, is that we learn the chidush, the chidush of Arvus. Kol Yisrael arevim zebazet. It comes from this tocha. And one of the places that you find it is in our parsha, where, where, where Moshe Rabbeinu says that the niglos are lanu ulvanenu, whereas the nistaros are la hashem elokeinu. That um, we, the secret of eras that we do, that no one knows about, the ones that we're doing behind closed doors. So there's nothing that any of us can do about it. In a court of law, based in cannot account for a mitzvah that's done in secrecy that no one knows about. But when it comes to... When it comes to mitzvahs that all of uh, averus that all of us can see, we have a principle called Kaly Sra Zebazet, there's Arvus, which means that all of us are responsible for one another. We all have to we all have to be careful, we all have to look out for one another. And yes, this is something that, that you should be enthusiastic about. So I, I, I agree with you about emotion. Okay, but coming back. That's one aspect, and that's the communal responsibility. And if you look in the Parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu describes a very frightening scene. What happens when we are aware that there is maybe a community of people who might be doing an Avera within within Klal Yisrael. Maybe they're doing a -a vodazara somewhere. And Moshe Rabbeinu says there's going to be consequences of biblical proportions, no pun intended, but he talks about Sodom and Amorah, Right, Sodom and we haven't heard of that since maybe like uh, Parshas uh, Vayera I, mean, I don't remember if, there, if Sodom and Amorah came up in the Torah but it comes up in this week's Parshas Sodom and Amora Moshe Rabbeinu says just like Hashem did to Sodom and Amor, He's going to do to you guys if you're not careful so see, um, we see clearly that there's a communal um, accountability that we have that we have to look out for one another but it's not just that and that is because something that we spoke about in moster Minutes um, this week was also that there's the concept of the individual complacency. Someone might bless himself in his heart, as the Chumash says, and he'll say, Shalom Everything's going to be fine for me. I know I heard the Tochah. It sounds really scary. But you might say, listen, that's talking about Klal Yisrael as a whole. Right? My Rebbe Rav Sachs quotes the Vilna Gaon, that, and we spoke about this last week as well, I believe, that we have this irony in Chumash that whenever the Chumash speaks in the plural, it's talking to each and every individual. Right? When it's in Lashon Rabim, it's talking to everyone as individuals. When it's in Lashon Yachud, it's talking about the community, one whole. Right? Going back to that Kol Yisrael HaRevim you know, the with the famous Rashi and Parshish Yisrael. But what I'm referring to now is in the Tocha, in, in, in Kisava which speaks to the individual by speaking and which really means it's speaking to the rabbin, you might say oh the Tocha I get it Klai Yisrael at large has to worry that something bad's going to happen but as, as an individual listen I'll be okay it's not going to be that bad right and, um, and the answer is no there is individual accountability as well there's individual accountability and the individual indi- accountability means that not a single person could be complacent because what's the point Hashem is talking to you, and He's talking to all of you. That means yes, all of you as individuals. There's individual, I uh, sorry, um, there's individual accountability. Yes, but um, and there's also communal accountability, communal responsibility. So what that means is when we, you know, for example, when we're thinking about the Yom Ha'Atroim, we cannot just be thinking about ourselves, and we can't just be thinking about the community. It's actually both. Meaning. If you're just thinking about yourself and you're not thinking about, you know, what another, what your friend's ear is going to look like, you have to be thinking about wanting the best for everyone. When we daven, if you go into Yama Norayim and you're just davening for yourself, you're not thinking about family, you're not thinking about community, you're not thinking about other people, so you are missing um, at least half, if not more, of what your davening should be about because you are not just an individual. And yet, if you're thinking, oh, you know, I hope that this year will be a wonderful year for Kalalishal, for the world, there should be no COVID-19, there should be no diseases, everyone should be happy and healthy, and all those things, but you're not thinking about how to improve your own individual Vodah Hashem, then you're also missing. If you're not thinking going into the Amnurayim, if you're thinking about how much of a good year that you want, you're going to daven for a good year, and you're going to daven for X, Y, and Z, and you're going to daven for your community, and, you know, know, um, everyone's together, and ever, you know, and you're thinking about that community aspect, but you're not thinking about your individual responsibility. What do I have to do as a person? Where am I lacking and slacking in my Vodice Hashem? How am I going to be better next year? So then of course you're also missing. And to think that divine retribution is something that's just not going to happen because, you know, whatever, like we think of oh, everything's the status quo. As Ben Bencil Chafer from the Schmoo says, you go into the Umno Royum, there are no chazakos. There's no status quo. We think, oh yeah, things are gonna be last year, things are gonna be this year like they were last year. That's not true. You think, oh I have a car now, I'm gonna have a car next year. Who says? There is no status quo. We don't know what the weather is going to bring. We don't know what what, what what's going to be. So, as individuals, we are also completely responsible. Okay, so that's the Knesselabris. Fine. Let's go back to the Parsha of Teshuvah. So, the Parsha of Teshuvah, there is one aspect of Teshuvah that's in there where it talks about how, how the Hashem is going to return you, and there's going to be a Teshuvah process. The Ramban says that when the Pasch says, Kiyamitzvah ha Azos, Pashib it's talking about Teshuvah. And... The, the, the fact that the Sukkim seem to talk a little bit about tshuva makes it a fair read. However, if you look in the Rambam, and Hilchus tshuva, Rambam says that that pusuk that the Rambam um, thinks is the one that's highlighting, that, that Kiya Mitzvah Hazos is a reference to tshuva, the Rambam dispels that by saying... No, that Pusik is a Nevuah. That Pasek is talking about future destiny, what's going to be for Kalal Yisrael. It's saying what's going to happen. It's B'derech Nevuah. That's not Derech you know, talking about a Chiyav or, or an initiative that we're supposed to do. And when it says Ke Mitzvah Hazos, the Rambam and everyone else, the, all the other Rishonim, the Rov Rishonim, they say like the Pashib shot of the Gemara. The Gemara says it's talking about Torah. That's referring to the Torah. The Torah is accessible. So how can the Ramban just go against the Gemara and Rav Rishonim? That's one question. Another question is, you might say that, listen, the Ramban is known for sometimes going against Chazal. He'll tell you this is what Chazal say, and that can be true al Drush. And the Ramban will tell you, here's what I think the Pashup Shah is. Right? Pashup shot is not always what Chazal say. Chazal often will give you just something B'Derek Hagadah, and that's okay. So, why can't that be the case here? So, maybe that could be the case here, and the Ramban's just telling you what Pashup shot is. However, not every time that Chazal open their mouths are they just speaking B'Derek Drash. Sometimes Chazal are giving you Pashup shot too. And if all the other Rishonim are saying that this is the Pashup shot it's talking about the Torah, then the Ramban we have to argue is a little bit on the fence now. He's, uh, or on the ropes. The Ramban has to defend himself. So, or we have to try to come up with a defense for the Ramban. How do we understand that this is, uh, just speaking about, um, Teshuva? Also, the fact that the Ramban points out that this Pasek, Ki Amitzvah is referring to Teshuva, so that also is a little bit troubling because it seems to narrow and limit Pesukim. The scope of these Pesukim are talking about how every aspect of the Torah is something that's close to you. It's It's in your mouth, it's in your heart, you're able to do it. So it would be, it would be expansive to say that's a reference to Torah because every aspect of Torah, including Teshuvah, Teshuvah is a part of Torah. So just say it's a reference to Torah. Why does the Ramban insist on saying it's a reference specifically to tchuva? It's only talking about when you do an Avera and you need to do Tshuva? That's accessible to you? So in order to answer this question, so I thought I was Mechadish the idea. And I'm happy that I wasn't. I saw and I found this answer suggested in several places. In fact, a num- in more than one of my rebbeim, I heard um, speak out this idea in a different form. I heard from my Rebbe of Yolkin Konigsberg say this idea. I heard it from my Rebbe of in Sachs. And I saw the idea quoted in Rav Svi Reisman's book, um, The Hebrew Months and Trey in for the month of Tishrei for Hoshea. He says this idea, quoting it Basham uh, Rav Yosef Ber Salvechik and the Svas Emes. So, if you want the Rav, you want the Chasidus. Um, so we, we have it. We have it. In a, in a, in a, in a, on, um, throughout the spectrum. So I'm, I am thoroughly convinced of this idea now. And I also heard, um, when my Rebbe quoted a similar idea of B'Shem Rav Jolti, in several of my Rebbe's Svarim, quotes this Rav Jolti. But the idea is as follows. And the idea is, we are misunderstanding... We are misunderstanding you, okay? We are misunderstanding teshuva. Teshuva is not just something that you do when you do an Aveira. Oh, I did an Aveira, I better... I better rectify things and do a teshuva. That's not what teshuva is. Teshuva does not mean you did an error, so you gotta fix it. What, then, what is teshuva? So, while teshuva is definitely relevant when we talk about the other that we've done, but teshuva does not merely have to do with when I did a bad thing. In fact, teshuva is a lifelong process for even a person who has never sinned in his life. How do we know this? The Gemara Pesachim and, and Daf Dalid tells us that teshuvah was one of seven things. Teshuvah was one of seven things that was created before the world was created. And why? And why would that be? Why? Why would you need tesh, teshuvah before Averus were ever created? So you might say that there's a supernatural aspect of teshuvah. The idea that. If not for the fact that Hashem created Teshuvah, we would never be able to do it. If you do something bad, Hashem should strike you with a bolt of lightning. Hashem should kill you on the spot if you disobey Him. And Teshuvah enables us to come back even when we've done that. Perhaps more fundamentally, when it comes to this concept of Teshuvah, Teshuvah is something that we were all created with the need to do it. And the proof, I think, is also in... There are two brachos in our Shemona Esrei, and I was always bothered: why aren't they one bracha? We have the bracha of teshuvah, and we have the bracha of slicha, right? And why not put them together, right? Aren't they really one and the same? I'm doing teshuvah, I get, and then I achieve a slicha, right? That's how we think of it, and thematically, they should be put together. But this is this is the proof, the proof in our Shemona Esrei, that there are two different goals. And if I would ask you which one is for the sake of what, which one would it be? Slicha and teshuvah. Which one is for the purpose of the other? Which one's the means? Which one is the end? Is it that we do teshuvah so that we can achieve slicha? Right? I do teshuvah and now Hashem is going to forgive me, or maybe it's the opposite. What if I'm supposed to try to achieve a slicha so that I can complete my mission of teshuva? Meaning, slicha is one aspect of 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 doing teshuva. but doing teshuvah is not merely whitewashing from the averus that we have done. But teshuvah is about coming closer to Hashem. That's literally what it means. And what do we say in the bracha of teshuvah? Hashivenu avinu lezorah secha. We don't say, Hashem, help me do Teshuvah for my Averos. That's not what we're saying. Avinu l'sorah secha. Return us to your Torah. What does that mean? Teshuvah and Torah are one and the same. That when the Ramban is telling us, Ki Mitzvah HaZos is a reference to Teshuvah, he's not limiting, but he's actually expanding. The concept of returning to Hashem, the concept of getting closer, returning to our roots is something that is close to us. It's the, that is what the mission of Torah is. The entire Torah is geared towards our goal of reuniting our neshamas with Hashem. It's not that, oh, Hashem you know, created us and everything was perfect until we did an Aver, and then once we did an Aver, we required Teshuvah. That is not true. When Hashem created us, Hashem created us at a distance to Him. And because of that distance, we always require Teshuvah. Now, the, the, the Chiddush is that even if we do an Avira, teshuva can help us reach higher heights than we were ever before. Right? This is the pshat that uh, Rav Chaim Shmulevitz in Sichos Musr has a whole piece for Chodesh Elul called um, uh, Kinefalti Kamti that um, the Pasuk in Micho, I believe, says that even though I fell, I'm going to get up. So the Midrash quotes Rav Chaim Shmulevitz. The Midrash says, it's not even though I fell I'm going to get up, but because I fell, I'm going to be able to get up and go even higher. That Teshuvah has the power, the Gemara and Yoma talks about this, that with the power of Teshuvah, you're able to reach Ad Hashem Elokecha, to the kiseh HaKavod. And if you look at the Parsha of Teshuvah in the Art Scroll sitter, the tsvila talks about this very concept. The idea that by doing Teshuvah, so if we did an Avera, now you're not supposed to do an Avera, right? You're not supposed to do Averas. But if you did an Avera, A proper teshuva, which awakens you to the reality that you have what to work on, it brings you to a place that you otherwise would not have recognized if you didn't do the Aveira in the first place. Sometimes you can do an Aveira, and the teshuva for that Aveira will get you higher if you're doing it right. Teshuva for the Aveira does not make you you reach a plateau that you were at before. But if you did teshuva the right way, you should be going even higher than you were before. And by the way, this is why the Gemara says that you can't say, oh, I'm going to do an Avera, and then I'm going to do Tshuva. I'm going to do an Avera, and then uh, Yom Kippur is going to atone me. You can't do that. It doesn't work. Why not? Because if the whole point of Tshuva is to get you closer to Hashem, the very act of distancing yourself for the purpose of oh and I'm going to do shuva later. All right, Adam Harishon tried that according to um, various interpretations of that story. He's like, "Okay, listen, I'm going to eat from the tree, but you know, then I'm going to be able to do shuva and I'll get even closer." You can't go into it saying that. Right? But if you did do the avera, everyone slips. If you slipped up and you did the avera, teshuva can get you to a higher point than before. But that is because teshuva, the goal of teshuva is to bridge the gap, to close that distance between you and Hashem. And that is what the. That's what the Torah is. Torah is our mode of teshuva to Hashem, and this is what Rav Jolti explains: is teshuva me'ava. What is teshuva me'ava? That is Torah, beyond any other kind of teshuvah. Rviosiv Re- Ber Salvechik formulates it as tahara, beyond just the general teshuva for a, or the atonement that you need for an avera. We're talking about something altogether different, and that, and that, that is the that is the parsha. Of teshuva, and again, if we're doing everything right, it's t- it's taking us all the way back to Hashem. Now we come to the very end, The very end. We spoke about this little pep talk when Moshe Rabbeinu says, Make sure you choose life. So, why does Moshe Rabbeinu have to go that far to say to choose life? It, you know, it seems like you know it's it's a no-brainer. Alright, Once you say that this is life versus death, so you, do you need to add the part choose life? And you might say that you know, there are many people nowadays in our generation that are willing to not choose life, that they're willing to choose death as an option. Uh, I don't know if Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking to people who were suicidal, but that's, you know, I guess, I guess that's one possibility to consider. But another possibility is that as much as we know in our hearts, maybe, that... Right? We're familiar with the concept We're familiar that that, there's a, you know, that that this is the true way of living life But maybe emotionally We don't really experience it that way We know it conceptually But we don't actually feel it That this is life versus death And speaking of life and death I hope everything's okay over there um, But when it comes to the Torah We need that push Anything we can get against the Eitz Sahara, because the Eitz Sahara will try everything. The Eitz Sahara will probably tell you, oh yeah, yeah, I get it, life and death, life and death. It's very serious, the toe is very serious. We're likening it to life and death. But it's really the opposite. Physical life and physical death... That's you know that's a, that's a game. It's child's play. Everything in this world is child's play. What is the real game chayin That is the Torah, and because of that, because we don't actually feel that and we have to really understand it, that's why Moshe Rabbeinu needs to say Right? We we need we need that push. We need the we we, we need that encouragement, and that is what Moshe Rabbeinu provides at the very end of our parsha, and that takes us through parshas Nitzavim. And as Hashem, next week, we'll pick up with another small Parsha. We have a lot of small Parshas coming up, but um, no, no less significant, no less important when we get to Vayelech, which will coincide with, with uh, Shabbos Shuva. And there is plenty to discuss there. But anyway, I hope you have enough for this Shabbos and this Parsha. Thank you for joining us here at Parsha Panorama. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and thank you for joining us here at The Database.